Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. In Kent, England, here lies Johnny Yeast. Pardon me for not rising. These are true. Birmingham, England Cemetery. Here lies the body of Jonathan Blake, who stepped on the accelerator instead of the brake. Here's another one. A lawyer's gravestone, a lawyer's gravestone in England said, Sir John Strange. Here lies an honest lawyer, and that is strange. Great tombstone epitaph. Here's John the Bee. He was a shining and burning light. Look at verse 36. Jesus calls the second witness of phenomenon, miracles. Jesus says, I've got a greater witness than John. Verse 36. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works I do bear witness of me that the Father truly has sent me. Question. When did God the Father testify to Jesus? Well, God the Father testified of Jesus in virtually every work and word that came out of his mouth and ministry. Matthew chapter 3. Jesus is coming out of the water and we hear a voice from heaven that says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's a testimony. Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Peter says, let's stay up here and build three tabernacles, one for Elijah, one for Moses, and one for Jesus. And the glory cloud showed up and said, this is my beloved son, hear him. That's a testimony. And Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God, who at various times and various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. That's a testimony. When God speaks, He speaks in Jesus. Can you say amen? Over and over, the Father was a witness to the work in the words of Jesus. I think of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. Y'all read this with me. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Can everybody read it with me? I heard four people reading that. Y'all read this with me. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard his voice, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. These are all testimonies. Jesus now calls the father to testify on his behalf. In verse 37 through 38, Jesus said, the father himself who sent me has testified of me and you have never ever heard his voice at any time nor have you ever, ever seen his form. Ouch. 
Now, I don't know if you're getting this, but Jesus has not read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I'm loving this because you'll notice as we get more into it, Jesus is finally telling them off. I love this. Four chapters, they've been getting on my nerves. Now Jesus is finally telling them off. Look at verse 38. And you don't have his word abiding in you because you don't believe the living word that God has sent. This is a slap in the face to the Jewish people because many of the Jews could quote the entire Old Testament from memory. Did you hear me? The Jews could quote the entire Old Testament from memory, the first five books of Moses from memory. And Jesus says you can quote the Bible from memory, but you don't know what it says. Jesus has taken a shot at their legalistic hearts, those who boasted in their knowledge of the word. Jesus is saying you don't even know his word, and his word is not in you. It's in your head, but it's not in your heart. Jesus is saying you spent your whole life studying about God, and you don't know anything about God because you don't know me. What Jesus is saying is either, listen, egotism at its finest, or blasphemy at its core, or it's true. Jesus is saying to them, you know about me, but you don't know me. You know, there. that's true of people all over the world, isn't it? All kinds of religions, all kinds of denominations, all kinds of systems who think they know God, but they don't because they don't know Jesus. Jesus is the embodiment of the person of God. Are you listening? Jesus is the embodiment of the person of God. Jesus is the express image of God. If a man rejects, listen to me, if a man, listen, if a man rejects Jesus, then a man rejects God. If a man rejects Jesus, he is rejecting the only way for him to get to heaven. It was Jesus himself who said, no man comes to the father, but through me or through the son. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through the Son. Listen, this is a bold, bold statement that Jesus is making. Somebody once said, lunatic, liar, or Lord. That's about right. Lunatic, liar, or Lord. Look at verse 39. So the next witness Jesus brings to the stand is the scriptures. You search the scriptures in them. You think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. When the Bible talks about the scriptures, it refers to the Old Testament. Write that in your margins. Notice the word search in the Greek language could be either indicative or imperative. In other words, it could be a command like search the scriptures or it could be you search the scriptures. I believe it's you search the scriptures. In other words, he's not saying do it. He's saying you're already doing it, and they did it faithfully. Jesus says you're searching the scriptures, and you think you have eternal life. It's reading more like this, saints. You don't have eternal life. You just think you do. And the reason they don't have eternal life is because they're missing the point. And the point is Jesus. They are reading the Bible. Listen, if you don't get anything else about what I'm telling you today, get this. When you read the Bible, you need to see Jesus on every page of the scriptures. 
Wasn't it Jesus who said, Lo, I've come in the volume of the book that is written of me to do thy will, O God? So when Jesus said, I've come in the volume of the book, he is saying, I've come in the whole book. In other words, from Genesis to Revelation, you will see Jesus on every single page. And then I will add this. In the Gospel of John, you will see Jesus as God on every single page. Jesus is John's purpose in writing is to prove to us that Jesus is God. Remember in the beginning, I told you in the introduction that John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31 tells us that John's gospel is written that we might know that Jesus is the son of God and that we might be saved. The whole point in John's gospel is that we might know that Jesus is God and that we might be saved. The whole point in the whole Bible is that you might know that Jesus is seen on every single page. And if you are reading the Bible and you don't see Jesus on every single page, then you're reading the Bible wrong. Because Jesus said, I came in the volume of the book. And this is his problem with these Jews. They're reading the Bible, but they don't see Jesus. They're reading the scriptures, but they don't see Jesus as God. Look at verse 43. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. They won't receive the true Messiah. But Jesus is talking about the one that's coming in the future. Are you with me? He's called the son of perdition. He's called the Antichrist. He's called the beast. The prince that's coming is going to claim to be the Messiah and the Jews will believe it and accept it. And that's what Jesus is prophetically talking about. Look at verse 44. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and you don't seek the honor that comes from God? In other words, you are so caught up. Are y'all getting this? Jesus is in their face. He's talking to them face to face. He's telling them, how are you, how are you, why are you so concerned with honor from men? You should be concerned with honor from God. Jesus is talking to them face to face. He didn't send them an email. Amen. Don't send somebody an email when you got something to say. Uh I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Just don't do it. It's not good. Jesus is telling them face to face. You're seeking glory from each other. You couldn't see the glory from God if it hit you in the face. The glory from God is staring at you right in your face. I'm standing right here. But they were so busy praising each other and building their own egos that they couldn't see Jesus standing right there. So they show up and they're like, oh, you're so holy. And oh, oh, rabbi, what do you have to tell us today that's so spiritual and from God? And oh, your long flowing robe, you look holy. And oh, your bells are new and shiny around your robes. And oh, you got the fish hat on. And oh, you're so, you're praying. I saw you praying all the time and you're praying. And oh, you're, they're just glorying in each other. And Jesus is standing there probably in camel hair. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the sun has no place to lay his head. Jesus is standing there as God. They're glorying in one another. And here it is, God is standing right there in front of them. 
And they're honoring each other and glorying each other and caring about what another thinks about each other. Listen, don't care about what people think about you. You need to care about what God thinks about you. Am I right about that? You need to care about what God thinks about you. And if you preach the word, you need to care about what God thinks about you preaching the truth of the word of God. What's going on in the church today is bad. It's sad. People are from the pulpits are telling people what they want to hear. Please, some saints say amen. amen. It's not good. Why? Because they care what people think about them. They care what people, how people glory in them. Listen, if you preach the truth of the word of God, people are going to walk away offended. That's just the way it is. And my pastor told me that those same people need to say ouch or amen. <laughs> say amen. amen. Uh-huh. Or say ouch. You can't care about what people think. You need to care about what God thinks. Don't, don't glory in men. Men glorying in men. You know, I was reading this the other day, and I couldn't help but get, I continue, every time I read this, I think about the Oscars. You know the Oscars? Y'all know the Oscars. Y'all looking at me like, oh, I don't, oh, no. No, I don't have a one-eyed demon in my house. Uh, I'm too holy. You know what the Oscars, you got a TV, you know what the Oscars are. It's just plastic. You know, people, you know, glorying in each other. You know, coming down the red carpet. Oh, everybody's walking on the red carpet. And you come to the cam- up to the camera and the microphone. Oh, who are you wearing? Who are you wearing? I'm like, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my skin. What you, you know, who, oh, who are you wearing? I mean, oh, your heels. Oh, they're so high. And oh, 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 you're so wonderful. Oh, let's go in. And they go in, they sit down, and oh, we're going to get best director and best supporting actor and best lighting and best microphone work and best person back in the floors and that's, you know, it's like everybody's glorying in each other. And then, oh, the best actress goes to and they get, oh, me? Oh, well, thank you for the little gold man. And I want to give glory, give honor to me. And I uh, just, you know, and then give, and then again, when, secondly, I want to give honor to me and uh, yeah. glorying in men. That doesn't please God. What pleases God is when you glory in him. What pleases God, I'm waiting while you clap your hands. We should seek the honor that comes from God, not from men. Look at verse 45 through 47. It sums it up. Jesus is saying, are you looking at verse 45? Jesus is saying, when you live like this, getting glory from men, reading the scriptures and not seeing him, thinking you're going to heaven and you're not, not believing that Jesus is God. When you live like that, there's going to be judgment. Ignorance is judged. Verse 45, don't think I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, Moses in whom you trust. And I bet you at this point they're tearing their hair out. Jesus said, 
notice Moses. He chooses Moses because in the Jewish culture, everything revolved around Moses. They loved Moses. Everything that Moses did was gospel to them. Moses was their spiritual father. Moses was everything to them. Jesus says, Moses is going to be your accuser. Verse 46, for had you believed in Moses, you would have believed in me. Why? Because Moses wrote about me. Do you see that? Jesus is saying, if you don't believe in me, you don't believe in Moses either. If you had believed in Moses, you would have believed in me. Why? Because Moses wrote about me. All the types and all the pictures and the Passover lamb and the blood on the doorpost and the lintel and the tabernacle. We did a study on the tabernacle. And the, every piece and every socket and every silver socket in the tabernacle, all of these things, the badger skins and the, uh, the, the woods and the acacia wood and the gopher wood and all of these things spoke of Jesus. All of these things that Moses wrote about spoke of Jesus. The suffering, everything in Moses wrote about is about Christ, Christ, Christ. Christ on every page. Verse 47, if you believe not his writings and you love him, you worship him, you hang your theological hat on Moses, how should you believe in my words whom you hate? What Jesus is saying is an indictment and inflammatory. Again, they prided themselves on keeping the Mosaic law. Jesus says Moses is going to condemn you. Why? If you don't believe in Moses' writing and you love him, you, won't, you don't believe in me. If you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me, and that's the proof right there. Verse 47 ends on a tragic note. Now listen, before we close, I want you to clearly see this string of indictments Look at verse 38. You don't have God's word in you. You don't believe the one who he has sent. Look at verse 40. You don't want to come to me. Verse 42. You don't have the love of God in you. Verse 43. You don't believe in me. Verse 44. You cannot believe. Verse 45. You don't believe Moses and you don't believe me. Over and over and over in this chapter, Jesus is saying, I am God. And the Jews are saying, no, you are not. You're a blasphemer. Jesus saying, no, I'm not. I'm God. They're saying, no, you're not. You're a blasphemer. I'm a God. Nope, you're a blasphemer. Yes, I am God. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. And they're standing on opposite sides of the fence. And I'll leave you with this. Where do you stand? He is either God, listen, he is either God or he is a blasphemer. And if he's God, give him your life. And if he's a blasphemer, then get out of the church. Your presence is a mockery. If he is God, give him your life. Don't think that you're giving him credit by saying that he is a good person, that Jesus has done good deeds, that he was a good guy, that he helped a lot of people. That's not giving Jesus his proper place. 
Giving Jesus his proper place is by saying, you are God and I submit to your will and I give you my heart and I give you my life because I realize that you, Jesus, are the only way to heaven. That's giving him his proper place. And if what he is saying is not true, then we all need to pack it up and go home. I'm going to tell you something. Listen, I'm not the brightest light in the bulb in the lamp. Brightest bulb in the, how you say it? <laughs> the, brightest, the brightest bulb in the lamp. Y'all know what I mean. And I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I will tell you this. I can read. I will also tell you this. I know what God's word says. And I'm smart enough to know the claims that Jesus makes are claims that no one in their right mind would make about themselves. You just wouldn't do it. Not unless you're crazy or like, uh, uh, what's his name? We just read it. What's uh, uh, Lewis? The third service, y'all pray for me. Um, C.S. Lewis. Like C.S. Lewis said, you're crazy and you think you're a poached egg. Or what you're saying is true. I choose to believe, as a matter of fact, I know from Scripture, what Jesus is saying is true. He is God. Listen to me, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, listen to me close. Before you leave today, listen to me close. Jesus is God. He is your only hope. He is your only, I'm waiting to somebody clap your hands and say, preach pastor. He is your only hope. And without him, you have no hope. And without him, you have no life. You don't have life in this life. And you don't have life in the life to come. But to know him is to have life here and to have life after life. Listen, everybody's going to stand before Jesus. People talk about, well, uh, um, you know, you're going to be resurrected. Yep, we're all going to be resurrected. We all have eternal life. Everybody has eternal life. Did you hear me? Everybody has eternal life. The question is, where will you spend it? Everybody will be raised in the judgment. The question is, what will he say to you when you stand before him in that judgment? I'm just trying to help you and tell you the truth. Where will you stand before him in that judgment? Will you stand before him and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And it's well done because you acknowledged him as being God. That's why it's well done. It's not because you're wonderful, because you're not. (laughs) Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not wonderful. (laughs) Amen. Some of y'all said that with way too much conviction. (laughs) You are not wonderful. It's not like that. You're wonderful because you've accepted Jesus. And he's your Lord and he's your Savior. And you stand in the righteousness of Christ. 
you will stand and hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter now and enjoy the Lord. Or you will stand before him and he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Yeah, but, but I helped the Jerry's kids. Depart from me, I never knew you. Yeah, but I gave money to the poor people. Yeah, I never knew you. Yeah, but you know, I, I mean, I told people that you were a good guy. Yeah, but I never knew you. Because you must acknowledge Jesus as the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He is God. That's the whole point of John chapter 5. It's not that hard. Don't make it more than it is. The whole point of John chapter 5 is to say that I am God, period. And yes, you read the Bible, but you're missing the point because you don't see me. You search the scriptures and in them you think you have life, but they, the scriptures, are they the scriptures that testify of me. If you don't see Jesus, when you read this Bible, you're missing the point. If you don't know him as your Savior, you're missing the point. And someday, you'll stand before him and you will have missed the point. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.